welcome Tragic. to this episode of the Fourth Wave Podcast. We have a special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello. Hello. My name is Taylor, and I am a coffee roaster for the Brown Coffee Company. And thank you guys for having me on. I'm really excited and um, happy to be here. Um, yeah. I don't really know where else to go with that. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. That's all. That's all we needed. I mean, that's who uh, you are. That's, yeah, that's who, who you are. That's who you yeah. are. What you're doing here. Um, yeah, we've been talking about getting Taylor on for a while. We just uh, finally, finally got it in motion. So uh, we're we're quite yeah. excited to to get it popping and get it happening. Um, yeah. So we we just uh, this is our first episode with a special guest. You are the you're the you're the OG guest on the on the podcast. Hopefully, we'll be the maiden voyage voyage of a interview. Yes, very. <laughs> I'm very honored to be here. So thank you guys for having me, and just love talking about coffee. Yep. And yeah, it's uh again great to be here. So yeah, how are you, Josiah? I'm doing great. I just got off of work at our local third wave shop here in the great state of Marshall, Texas. <laughs> it was a great close, great shift, had a lot of good friends come in. Uh good good time. And then there was enough drip left over for us mm. all to have a cup. Would you like to tell us what is in this cup? I would love to. I would love to talk about this cup of coffee. What Josiah was kind enough to bring us is a Brasilia Brasilia. Brazilia coffee, Brazilian coffee called Mogiana from Sao Paulo. Um, it's a natural variety, um, and it's been it's been in the rotation for Brown for I mean for a good solid three years. So um, this coffee is great as a a single origin, and we also use this coffee for um, some some of our blends. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, I just made some roasting corrections to it and, uh, this bean likes to change on me. It's got some, it's very temperamental. Um, but I think I'm pretty satisfied with how it's tasting. What do you guys think? It's pretty yeah, good. No, I think yeah. it's great right now. Good. Is it historically good. temperamental? Um, yeah, there's a lot of variables that go into that. Um, mostly to do with, um, Storage, obviously, mm. um, when you have a natural coffee, since there's a lot of um, sugars that come from being um, the way that it's processed, it yeah. has some of the sugars on the coffee. So when it stays in storage for a long period of time, um, those sugars can manipulate the moisture content, even the density. So um, sometimes, sometimes it can pose a little bit of a challenge. Mm. Um, but uh it just we did move the roastery too so we moved the the roastery from san antonio recently over to marshall texas and so there's just been a lot of a lot of change mm. happening with that so that's got to be a, a huge variable yeah. when it comes to figuring out all the other copies but it's a yeah. it's really fun i love doing it yeah that's sweet um yeah, the coffee's good. I picked up a bag a couple weeks ago. Uh, I did a few V60s with it. That's and it was it's awesome, man. Quite good. Is uh, that your favorite? Uh, doing V60. 
Yeah, so I actually just got a, a Switch. Oh, yeah. Um, that's the one where, where it has like the, the, I mean, it has like the, the switch, little ball. The little yeah, switch, the little switch on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wonder how they came up with that name. Mm-hmm. Very creative. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, I, I really enjoyed it. I got it last Thursday. And I've been I've been messing with it a lot because there's just a lot you can just mess around with. Yeah. Um, keeping it open, keeping it closed, closing it at different times, whatever. Um, I'm so curious yeah. about that. So, um, have you what have you have you changed like the course? Like how long do you let it sleep? Uh, sleep steep. So, or... what I've been doing is um, I looked up, I found Matt Winton's recipe. Uh, he's he's mainly famous for I think the five pour method, uh, for the V sixty. Um, but he had a switch recipe on YouTube, and he, uh, did the bloom. He let that the bloom by itself steep for forty five seconds. Then he released the bloom, and then he flipped the switch back up, and then did the rest of the brew. Um, and he just steeped the rest of the brew for I think four minutes, and then he released it. And I was, and he explained it. He was explaining that like the bloom, that's where all like the fruit flavors come out in the, in the brew and the rest, that's where all like the darker and chocolatey notes will come from with the rest of the immersion. So, um, so he, he lets it, he lets the bloom. Yeah. So you, he blooms it Mm -hmm. 45 seconds, 45 seconds and then releases releases the bloom and then he closes it again mm-hmm. and then does the rest of it and how much do you pour what's your total uh yield? it was it was a 1 to 15 so i did yeah. 20 grams of coffee and then 300 grams of water so i just did i did a 60 gram bloom let that out and then poured the rest of the 240 man that is a game changer i need to get my yeah. hands on that because mm-hmm. i've been hearing a lot of really cool things i know um oh, lance hedrick yeah he like did a thing i haven't tried it yet but like he between each phase of the brewing like he would do like 60 grams let it out then do 60 grams let it out again 60 grams let it out again and it's just like i know tons of people just mess with a lot of stuff with it but but yeah you um, could you could go total mad science oh yeah oh yeah yeah i i uh gotta get my hands on that have you had one have you tried the the switch uh no, in all honesty, I've been out of the home coffee game for a couple of months at this point. Uh, ever since you know my scheduling at uh, Joe Pine picked up, uh, I just consumed so much yeah, coffee at work that there's a. I've I started, you know, you as a coffee person, you get gifted bags of coffee, and over time, you're I, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> I, funny story. My mom visited San Antonio because that's where most of my family lives. Or not most of my family. That's where my sister lives. I don't oh, know why I said San, most. In San Antonio? Yeah, in San Antonio. Oh, cool. And then uh, she actually visited the brick and mortar shop, Brown. And oh, cool. uh, she was so kind to bring me back a bag of Vista Hermosa. And I was like, Mom, this is great. Um, I have unlimited access to this <laughs> at all times. Uh, so I, I ended up just giving it back to her. But um, yeah, I just saw so many bags of coffee just like piling up. But uh. No, I've I've known a lot of people who who have a switch, uh, yeah. and and it's really fun. But yeah, I've been out of the the home game for a while to have an an educated opinion on it. I totally feel that I am in a roastery right now that has so many toys and doodads that I am a blessed child and don't <laughs> need practically any coffee equipment because I start my day off like 
pretty early and yeah. I don't even need to make a V60 at home or mm-hmm. coffee. Yeah. It's all it's all here. Your profession. Yeah. It's yeah. it's my profession. I'm a blessed boy. <laughs> I'm I'm incredibly so. such a such a lucky boy. Very lucky boy who drinks a lot of coffee and roasts a lot of coffee and among other things enjoys coffee. Jesse, so you just nice. you just moved into your into your house. Yeah, into my MTV. This is my crib. Um and you got your espresso machine back, I assume. Yeah. So we set up the espresso machine. Honestly, it was one of the first things I set up. Um once they so we moved in on a Friday and we were having work done in the house until because they were supposed to be done on that Friday and they weren't done until Tuesday. And they were mainly just finishing stuff in the living room. But once they finished, I put that in and then I had a bachelor party here the weekend, the first weekend that we're in the house. And so that was a quick turnaround and like kicked it on every morning and made coffee for everyone. So that was a lot of fun. Um, what kind of a like, machine do you have? So I have a La Marizoko GS3. Oh, dude. Yeah. It's so, <laughs> I'm so jealous. <laughs> I, I pay it off myself um, use yeah. for like, I do events. I have two events next week. Um, so I have like a, a women's event on Tuesday where there'll be about 200 people in attendance. And then I'll be mainly doing like iced pumpkin spice lattes and fun stuff like that. And then on yeah. Saturday, I have a market in East Texas that I'm going to um, where I'll be there set up for like six or seven hours of the day. Nice, man. So we're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Especially on the, <laughs> that espresso machine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah it's we, pretty we nice. Spoiled to have that while Jesse was in Marshall. Yeah. To be yeah. Honest. <laughs> it was, it was so nice. I bet. Um, yeah. We, we kind of have like the full spectrum of like coffee people here. Like, cause I, I pretty much just do home brewing and then Josiah just currently bar- works at a, life. Yeah, barista life. And then we got, a commercial roaster and we got a coffee cart owner and we have yeah we do have a kind of the full spectrum. the full range um so awesome i guess guess moving on taylor all we need now is a farmer <laughs> that's true <laughs> working on it <laughs> yeah so i was going to say we we when our first episode we all started off talking about our our coffee story um, just how, how we got into it, where we started. So what, what is your, it's your story. Turn. My coffee story, man. Um, so before Marshall, I was living in San Antonio and, uh, I, um, I was in the film industry. I uh, started out in the film industry. I had graduated with a, a film degree and, um, moved to San Antonio, um, with my partner at the time and had some trouble finding some gigs for the uh for the film industry so i i needed to get get a day job and i was looking around and i really did not want to get an office job uh and i stumbled across a the coffee shop that was formerly known as local now known as merit coffee out in san antonio they're pretty big um especially coffee chain out over there really successful yeah um so i got the job just as a barista there and i think i was like i was like 
five years ago, six years ago, 2017. Yeah, six years ago. Wow. Um, time time sure does fly, boys and girls. Um, <laughs> He's having this realization right now. Yeah, I just feel older and older. I just, my birthday was yesterday, and I, I'm like, how old am I again? Because I, I really don't feel 32, but hmm. anywho. I just got the barista job and it was really the connections that I had with the the staff first who were just so passionate about the the coffee where the coffee had come from tasting coffees and at that time uh local had they had separate like you know how Joe Pine has the guest relations where you work as the indeed uh, and yeah. then they have the the main barista who Indeed. pulls the, the shot of espresso. And I was just working the, the counter, just taking orders. And the, I really, really, really wanted to work on the mod bar. I really wanted to pull those shots of espresso. <laughs> and unfortunately, I never got the opportunity to do that. Mm. Um, but I had such a fantastic time just meeting the locals there and um, developing some really good friendships, people who I still talk with today. Um, and from that point, I took a pretty big break from coffee because I found a desk job. Ooh. Ooh. Um, and I did that for about three and a half years. And then COVID hit. And I had saved up a bunch of my money. Didn't like the desk office job lifestyle at all. So I was like, man, I'm stuck in this room and I'm like really, really down because I had to realize that I really enjoy being around um, people. And I'm not the most outgoing person personally, but I really enjoy being around people. And the, the aura that people create from just conversation and it all starts from that cup of coffee and people come to the coffee shop and it starts with a good cup of coffee and it just lights up people's morning you know and i missed that and i realized man i really want to get back into that industry and so i did and uh, eventually i stumbled into brown coffee company out in san antonio um brown coffee um has been around since 2005 um they are they first started out as they they only served pour over coffees that was that was they're very purist and intentional in the way that they serve the coffee um because the values and mission of brown has always been to honor the producers and the best way to honor the producers and to get those uh it was to honor the seeds and the hard work that they do with the with the care and, and um the way that the coffee is grown from from those farms is expressed through a V sixty or a pour over. Yeah. Which I, I was blown away by personally. And you know, I know that it has you know, it's it's good and bad because V sixties take a long time and it's it's a mm-hmm. it's a slow way of making yeah. coffee. Some people call it a slow pour. Um, which to me is, you know, degrading to the whole process. <laughs> um, it's it's just a V60 pour. But um, I was fascinated. I, I had a coffee from Indonesia 
and I met Aaron, the owner and president of Brown Coffee, and I uh, I said, oh my God, and when I got home, I, I just had this, it was called the Sundaheo um, coffee out of Indonesia, and I was just like blown away. And this coffee is not even a, like a highly rated coffee. It was just yeah. perfect in every aspect for me. Um, and at that point, I was like, man, I got to come back and want to roast. I want to see yeah. how they, they made this coffee variety outstanding. Yeah. And so um, that's from that point, I started working and through the you know, through the power of the universe, uh, when I started working at Brown, uh, the, the roaster at the time mm-hmm. was on vacation. Mm. Shout out Henry. Um, so the, that the intern roaster was in charge to step in while yeah, the lead roaster was on vacation. Turns out he had quit on a whim that day. Mm. And so called the boss man. I said, Hey, this guy's not here. What's going on? He said, okay, well, I guess we're training you today. And from that point on, and that's how it happened. And that's how it happened. Wow. Ever since then, that I is just insane. Weird. Just thrown into the fire, literally. Yeah. You know, with roasting. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of how that was like the six year journey of my coffee career right there hmm. in a nutshell. Wow. Crazy. Sorry for the. That's awesome. I think it's super funny how you went from like working at a shop with like a mod bar and you were like, oh, I want to do the mod bar to Brown, which was like exclusive pour over. Well, at the time, this was, let me be clear, at the beginning, the genesis of Brown in 2005, 2007 is when they first got there because they started out as a roasting company. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Funny story, I should plug this in. Aaron, um, his wife's dad, his his father-in-law, is a um, astro engineer, Mm -hmm. astrophysicist, astrophysicist engineer, like builds, helps build space rockets, I think. Yeah, yeah. And so what, in their garage in San Antonio, Aaron and his father-in-law built a roaster out of a dryer. That is insane. <laughs> I Respect. have not seen the picture of this yet. I think okay, Bill Gates. Me. Oh, my God. But, like... Steve Jobs, eat your heart out. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, pretty hardcore stuff right there. But in 2007, yeah. when they started... That's that shop only did V60s, but mm. eventually, as the customer base yeah. grew, you had to accommodate yeah, that. Yeah. But when I stepped in, I was working on the Linnea PB, one of my favorite mm. espresso machines of all time, yeah. and still miss it till this day. Mm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, mm. yeah. That's and I have not been in the Marshall area for a while since Browns made the switch over to Marshall. Do they still have the cafes or is it just all in Marshall now? So with that question, I do have some breaking news that um, has not been shared publicly and I'm happy that I'm able to share this. But to answer your question is the, the retail location still exists. We still provide coffee for the retail location mm-hmm. in Brown, it's called Brown Coffee Southtown. Yeah, 
Um, what happened was the business had split up where the roasting department, because originally the retail space and the roasting department were in the same building. Mm -hmm. Yes. So the guests could see roasting yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. watch you pick your nose and stuff like that. Kind of like the foundry and porch culture. Yes. Well, yeah, it pretty much foundries kind of tucked away with the yeah, porch yeah. culture, but it was yeah. more like a split operate, like a split building where there's like clear, clear glass mm -hmm. wall. Kind of like, like they could see yeah. everything that you were doing um, for the good or bad. <laughs> and um, what happened was we needed to pivot the company and change things up and we found somebody a long time brown fan had stepped in and uh, put in an offer to purchase the retail space mm. and he's a great guy and his wife are amazing people um they had come in and they um they purchased the space and in the agreement they wanted to purchase the name as well for mm. brown um, Whoa. so technically brown is only the retail space oh. and the roasting space in Marshall is sort of an ambiguous entity. Interesting. Whoa. So what that means is um, the owner, Aaron and his wife, Janae mm -hmm. um, and his, his son, who's 22, his name's Caleb. He's probably watching this right now. <laughs> Hi, Caleb. <laughs> He, uh, they had moved over to Atlanta, so they're currently no longer in San Antonio. Um, and the company is now the roasting company is now going to be called Second Season. Second Season. Interesting. Second Season. When when will we start seeing this on uh products packaging? That is currently in the works right now, but at this moment wow. in time, um the LLC is being formed and Brown Brown is currently different. The Brown Brown coffee is the retail coffee shop space in San Antonio and the roasting formerly that where was we associate, are right where we are right now sitting right now is second season. Wow. Yep. You heard it here first. So it's, it's <laughs> not, it's now the time to, let it be known public. Yeah. How did y'all get to the name second season? Is it just because it's the second season of Brown type thing? I mean, you pretty much nailed it right on the head there. And also, nice. um, it's kind of a passing of the torch to um, Aaron's son, Caleb, who nice. um, I call, I, I call him my little brother. Essentially hmm. he's, um, just an incredibly sweet guy, um, super smart, super intelligent, and um, he he and his dad are gonna kind of start a new project over in Atlanta with whatever they want to do. I don't know yeah. exactly what they're gonna do, but um, obviously he's got the roasting operation right here in March. Yeah. And whenever he's ready to do that, um, yeah. Yeah, so that's mm. kind of how it came about. So, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's 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 been an exciting journey here in Marshall, and when the opportunity 
came up to move the roastery from San, San Antonio to, to Marshall. Mm -hmm. I was like, where is this place? <laughs> um, and for those that don't know where Marshall is, it's um, out in East Texas in the Bible Belt. Yep. Um, it's about 150 miles east of Dallas. Yeah, about two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, and my father lives in Tyler, Texas, which is an hour west mm -hmm. of Marshall. Yep. So I was like, yeah, I'd love to be close to my dad. And um, and when I came to Marshall and met the Splons and Davises who own Joe Pine mm -hmm. Coffee. Indeed. Great people. Amazing people. They, they have fostered this entire growth. Without them, we would not be here right now. Um, yeah. The relationship between them and Aaron goes back many 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 years mm -hmm. and they've been mm -hmm. for such a long time and just amazing people you yeah. know they're so selfless and they work so people down here in marshall i realized they don't they they work extremely hard at pretty much anything that they set their minds to and mm -hmm. they usually build things themselves here yeah have you guys had experienced that? Like, is that kind of, would you say that's true here in Marshall? People are very handy here. Yeah, I think, cause I'm, I'm from Dallas. So, um, just meeting people from here, it's just kind of like, oh, your car's broken. Fix it. Uh, I'm going to fix it myself. Oh, like this renovation needs to be on our house. I'm going to do it myself. Like, yeah, there's like people that can do it, but most of the time I've just always noticed like a lot of the church people, like if something needs to be done, like, at the church you're just calling up different members and they they all they all know how to weld and just like and stuff like that it's kind of like how do y'all just know stuff like that but you do <laughs> kind of cool so for example downstairs is where uh geo the one of the owners says he has his woodcutter downstairs <laughs> like he just knows how to there's definitely a flame down there for welding you know like <laughs> these guys they're just so easy and, and girls too women are extremely creative and um it's it's really inspiring for me um it inspires me to work harder and support yeah. these people with what they building this town so that was really what captivated me to come down to marshall is um i don't like using the word potential because it's like mm -hmm. you, it wants to me that insinuates something that it could be something that it's not really um like the town I, has so much potential. i get what you're saying it's kind of like the meaning you know what i mean yeah but i i get what you mean like when you say that it's it's moving forward. the town of marshall's moving forward um because like i mean just on the square like i know i think the rumor is like bear creek smokehouse is buying that whole strip like on the square and it's going to be a big cool thing then like there's that brewery opening on the square um and just stuff like that i feel like is just like helping advance advance the city to just like a, another level i'd say totally um and then having a roastery here too is just also like another little little cool feature of like a smaller area yeah and y'all have been here longer than i have so you've seen it yeah you've seen the growth yeah yeah absolutely just in four years or yeah four years yeah yeah how long i've been here 
It's exciting. Yeah, as soon as I leave, it's all starts to get better. <laughs> I feel like that's how everywhere is. Oh yeah, it just seems better because um, it's like people always say like, "Oh, my high school only started building stuff like right after I left." No, you just know. Uh-huh. Yeah, anymore because exactly. you're jealous of it. <laughs> exactly. Right. right. But yeah, I think at this point we just kind of oh oh no 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 I think um. So you mentioned about that Indonesian coffee. That's kind of what like sparked your interest the most. Have there been any other like standout coffees just from drinking or from roasting? I know you mentioned the Mojiana's been like a little complicated, just um, keeping it storing or storing it and everything. But any anything else that comes to mind when like just stands out in your brain? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely am coming in with bias for sure, mm-hmm. um, but it's genuine. And I am the type of person that needs to believe in what I'm doing mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis. And yeah. that gives me energy and inspiration and motivation to continue on what, what I'm doing, really. Yeah. Um, and every coffee that comes through here, and this is all credit to Aaron, mm-hmm. you know, he has so much experience he has these deep connections and relationships with these farmers and their families yep um but aside from that in terms of a quality standpoint with coffees i mean i've just been constant i always say this whenever i'm cupping coffees i Mm -hmm. I feel like i'm in a playground yeah it's just (laughs) it's a candy store for specialty coffee yeah and uh, i am constantly amazed of the coffees that come through here and the really the the longevity of how often these coffees mm-hmm. stay yeah. here uh and, and and brown um and so it i think brown personally for me i think brown carries the best quality coffees mm-hmm. out there because yeah. they're sourced so well yeah um and it starts, that's kind of where the mission is mm-hmm. with Brown that I fell in love with was from the source and yep. learning about the coffee plant mm-hmm. and understanding the requirements for the nurture of that plant to make yep. it taste so good. Um, so it's always starts from the sourcing with Brown. And you can, for me, I've just, noticeably it just kind of blows a lot of the coffees out of the water mm-hmm. and you can always make tweaks to the roasting you yeah. can try to you can try to you know dance with the claim percentages and make it mm-hmm. stand out and all sorts of trickery to make it i don't know taste better yeah but it's really just kind of starts from the source of the coffee so yeah i mean i again coming from bias but um i i work i'm privileged to work in to me arguably um some of the best coffee that is uh grown in the world and it's an honor to roast those coffees and um play, keep playing with them really yeah 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 and that that doesn't that's not to be braggadocious towards uh towards you know i'm not trying to necessarily up brown per se this mm-hmm. is just my personal standpoint and the coffees don't get me wrong there's some 
amazing coffees roasted from some amazing roasters out there and but in texas to me from what i've encountered i continue to be blown away by the types of coffees that come through mm. yeah yep. Brown. yeah yeah there's no shame in like having pride and like your craft and and what y'all produce and so and i think all three of us have been super lucky to have brown used at joe pine over the years all benefactors of that yeah wait should be called second season keep forgetting second 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 season second season season. it's going to take a while to get used to that (laughs) yeah it is but um yeah 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 that's cool um yeah definitely always just kind of being able to pop five minutes from campus and just like have good coffee um, rather than just kind of picking up a random bag of, uh, yeah. what's, oh, why am I blanking out? U.S. coffee? From, <laughs> uh, oh, community. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's that? What's that roastery in Portland? Stumptown. 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 Um, so they sell like Walmart and stuff, which it, it, it's good. Like I like stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, we last time I was at Walmart, they you know Avoca. Yeah, in Fort in Fort Worth. Yeah, in Fort Worth. They sell. They like distribute to Walmart. It's kind of weird. I saw it there, and I was like, it's kind of cool. I was I was kind of confused for a second because I was like, what the heck? I had the privilege of meeting the head roaster of Avoca mm. at a, an event couple weeks ago yeah and he was telling me his the volume sheer volume that he roasts mm-hmm. it, i mean it's practically oh yeah it's crazy it's we're we're a small small excuse me micro roastery yeah um we i won't get into specifics on mm-hmm. how much we roast volume wise but when yeah with the numbers he was telling me i'm wow dude yeah congratulations uh, that's awesome yeah merit I'll say Merit, you mentioned that earlier there. They've grown a lot. I mean, they're... Yeah, and they just... Did you see it, the announcement they made last week? Uh-uh. They're, they just partnered with Sam's. Wow. That's in that. Someone, that's someone awesome. go fact check that, but check their Instagram. Um, check I'm going right to check there. that right now. Because I saw... I think it was then they posted like a teaser on Monday. And it was very obviously a blurry Sam's mm. logo in the background. And then they were like, to be posted on Friday. Um, and and like I'm 90% certain it's them. Our brand new, their brand new 27 ounce bags of famous conductor blend will be rolling out to 33 Sam's Club locations across Texas. That's pretty Yeah. Dang, man. Yeah. That is like kind of. I feel like there's a major push to incorporate specialty coffee mm-hmm. in the supermarket. Yeah. And uh, well, what are your, what are y'all's thoughts on that? Like just well, Brown has done that before. Mm-hmm. From the from what I have heard, um it's a very tricky bureaucratic process. Mm-hmm. And um I won't I don't know too much about why it's yep. that way, but I know that it is a huge pain to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um the biggest pain for me would be 
keeping that coffee fresh. For mm, sure. Yeah. When shelf life. Yeah. Shelf life. Yeah. Yeah. That's the big one. Sometimes they just stay on there for. And then the customer gets an inaccurate representation of what the original roast was actually like. 100%. For sure. 100%. And we've been talking a lot about, you know, like being beneficiaries of, of brown mm-hmm. coffee as customers. Um, but I think, and Jesse, did, did, did you have brown whenever you were a barista at Joe Pine? Mm-hmm. And I think David and Stacy used brown at their previous shop that they owned. Yeah. In... yeah. But I'll even say from like behind the bar. Plain view. Yeah. I'll say from a behind the bar perspective, it's, uh, I feel incredibly lucky to be able to have such quality coffee to dial in with, uh, try new recipes with, uh, all these different things where as like a lot of Bruce's, they're kind of left with whatever the shop has. So I feel incredibly lucky that I, I work at a shop that has such quality coffee yeah. to work with. Um, yeah. And even like, I'll go as far as saying, like, I felt like I had access to Aaron semi frequently. Like, he, in the two years I was there, I saw him probably five to 10 times. Now, I may have been really lucky. And like, every time he came to Marshall, I was working. Yeah. I um, like one day and like had a staff cupping. And so, like, we're able to pick his brain and like, me being like fully on board in the coffee world and being like, okay, how can I learn more and more? I took full advantage of that and was like, okay, like, what do you need? How can I help? That way I'd be just able to ask more questions. Um, and so, yeah, as a staff member there, I really benefited from just the access that we had to Brown. So can I ask you, can I ask you a question on that, Jesse? Yeah. You feel like when Aaron personally went over there, and had the the tasting did you feel like it was worthwhile like because sometimes part of the job with especially wholesale is you go off and not only just meet and develop relationships but also um maintain those relationships through events and like tastings and stuff Mm -hmm. like that did you feel Mm -hmm. like you were able to connect more with brown or like learn more with brown from that experience? Yeah, and he brought, I, don't, I can't remember what y'all call them, like y'all's top shelf coffees. Um, he brought one that was like in another ballpark. Um, and I remember like cupping and drinking like the first three and being like, wow, these are really good coffees and then drinking the fourth and being like, whoa. And like, he, he like, in that brought the best stuff for us to try. And it wasn't like, I didn't feel like he was doing this just to like to check a box off, but to actually like come and like he came early and I was working and like he came behind the bar and like more so like stepped into my world, asked me who I was and how long I've been working there. And so, and which is hard in the coffee world with how, especially with the way Joe Pine's structure works where a lot of the baristas are college students who are really temporary workers anywhere from six months to three years on the long end is what it felt like. Um, where like he would come in and build a relationship and then like I was gone after two years and I don't think anyone that I was on staff with is still there. Um, 
but for me as an individual, I think it had a lasting impact. And then I think just the relationship that David and Stacy and Jill and Gio have is, I think that lasting relationship is just fruit of how intentional he's been about going to see them and making sure that all his stuff is quote unquote up to standards, even though it's pretty obvious. So maybe that answers your question. To me, it was impactful. No, that's, that's really great to hear because sometimes, honestly, it can be kind of demoralizing when we spend so much energy and time and effort to go off and not only form the relationship, but also just um, put a lot of energy towards building those types of events in hopes that you would hopefully inspire somebody. Um, Mm-hmm. in that that regard so that, that makes me feel really good that you know maybe brown left an imprint on you and then made you want to get a gs3 <laughs> maybe they made me want to spend a lot of money <laughs> that's, that's exactly why we do this wait uh, brown i thought it was oh i am so uh, sorry well, i feel like if we talk about the past we should then it would be more yeah out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're talking in past tense. So we're talking. Yeah. Brown has given has left an impact on me. Second season inspires hope for me. Wow, how poetic! Wow. That's be, uh... Are you want to market it right? That should be on uh, all of your bags, and Jesse gets a cut of every. <laughs> he gets a half a penny. For every bag sold. There we go. For every bag sold. <laughs> I love to hear that, man. So that's every, that's every, that's every coffee businessman and woman's dream, in my opinion, is to inspire mm-hmm. others. Because in this business, why, what draws me to it is people genuinely love and care about this coffee and you can tell if yeah. you walk into a coffee shop and it's just it doesn't have that warmth or energy mm-hmm. or flow to it but if you talk to passionate individuals who love what they do you can you just kind of get a sense of that they're doing it more than for just a paycheck you know they're doing it more because yeah. they genuinely care about the craft and mm-hmm meeting you i just love i just i knew coffee people were my Mm -hmm. people i think that's what was really striking for me in 2017 was i just met such great people Mm -hmm. um and it just drives community and Mm -hmm. community is everything yeah community is everything yeah one of my favorite parts about working in coffee is like what you were saying you just you just get to talk to people like that's that's 80 percent of my job that's how we all met. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we just kind of started like talking. Eighty percent of it is relationship based. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. And then I would say it's ninety nine percent relationship. Yeah, based. and then like that last like less than ten percent is actually making the drinks and stuff. It's true, but it's true. It all it all starts from conversations. Yeah, and everything. Totally, totally. And the thing that I love about Brown that drove me crazy about. Brown and it is brown because it's past tense. Right? Yeah. The quality to me stood out first, and that's what attracted me because I 
I feel like coffee is just there's always something new to learn about mm -hmm. coffee. Yeah. Yes. Oh like yeah. Always new, you know, fermentation fermentation methods, yes, but also just new science mm -hmm. and technology is coming out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. the switch, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's just so cool to see. But so I was initially drawn in by the quality of the coffee and the sourcing of the coffee. Mm -hmm. And admittedly, secondary was the community, but that didn't doesn't downplay it yeah. at all. Oh, yeah. It's just the people, the I mean, the regulars that I met at Brown. I still talk, I still talk yeah. to them all the time and send memes to them. You know, <laughs> I mean, like um, it was just kind of symbiosis with yeah. quality first, community second. But at the end of the day, you you can have the best coffee sourced mm -hmm. in the world but it takes the relationship it takes yeah. the people mm -hmm. to kind of first of all it's intimidating by nature when you say like, oh it's the fanciest coffee or whatever yeah and, okay sure but to make it more approachable to people has always been my um curiosity mm -hmm. how do i just make this fun because i feel like what i always hear just from talking to people because I, I don't work at a shop or anything, but I'm just talking to people about like coffee and going to shops and things like that. They're like, Oh, like they have, do they have the fancy beans or whatever? And they like, always like talk about it. Like almost like hoity toity kind of thing. Um, in, in a way it, it is, but, um, I think if you have like someone who cares about the community just as much as the coffee, then they'll be able to like better explain it. And they'll like be patient with people that just don't know and that's like that's okay that they don't know that's just not how some people are yeah. like built yeah can we talk about that because i i that is a uh frustration for me admittedly is like coffee the coffee world and the mm -hmm. wine world are very similar yeah so you go to a very nice restaurant and you'd be disappointed if you saw the restaurant was serving barefoot or wine, barefoot mm -hmm. wine, mm -hmm. super cheap wine, right? Yeah. Um, commodity wine, right? So if someone turns up their, turns their nose up at wine and it deters from that experience, mm -hmm. yeah. why turn your nose up at it? Because you're paying top dollar and the experience yeah. itself, it adds, the quality adds the experience. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I feel like yeah, there's a bravado. There's a there's a lot of ego that comes with yeah. the quality, um, the amount of brewing methods, and all that's intimidating. Mm -hmm. But it is um, a constant block, like a roadblock to say, coffee is not just burnt beans. Yeah, you can get a dark roast side by side with a medium roast, and cup them yourselves and notice mm -hmm. a stark difference yeah does that mean that you should turn your nose up at what's more flavorful in your opinion i don't know i don't i don't i think it's too easy for somebody to mm -hmm. say what well, I, I mean yeah it's just coffee at the end of the day it's like but it's not coffee because you start your day with yeah it. every yeah. single day you start it um again this i work in coffee so i have a lot of strong mm -hmm. feelings about it yeah yeah it's 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 um it's not just coffee people it's not it's not Josiah, that's why you like working at joe pine is because you you have all 
these awesome coffees at your dispose and when you bring coffees from other places too and it's, mm -hmm. it's what makes it fun you know yeah and, uh, yeah yeah i i think part of that is just like maybe just like in society i feel like we just like go for the most efficient thing possible all the time and we just kind of like don't necessarily care about quality over how quickly things can be done so i think like um so i think having something like like a k-cup that you can just pop in and it takes 30 seconds to pop out people are just like okay cool like yeah that'll just give me the energy and that like they're in it more for the caffeine or the energy rather than just like trying to actually enjoy yeah enjoy the coffee in the morning yeah i recently heard a quote that that goes like um there there is no such thing as maximization of life we all have the same 24 hours in a day so why not enjoy mm -hmm. like those times like it, it's the same principle as whenever you see somebody you know like darting down the road like 20 miles per hour faster than you you know what i mean like 20 miles per hour over the speed limit yeah y'all are going to end up at that stoplight at, at the, the same, same exact time. time you know what i mean so yeah. like there's no such thing as maximization like obviously like be obviously like get to where you're going safely and do, yeah. do your job but <laughs> but like whenever we try to like get through all of these like really and this is even kind of outside of a coffee thing but you know like like we're trying to maximize every single little piece of like our lives. Like just take a second to what, enjoy it. Could, could I say, should it be optimized instead of maximize mm. in terms of, because he's talking about efficiency mm -hmm. time. And I think we can talk about something much larger, like yeah. the American version of enjoying coffee mm -hmm. compared yeah. to the European version, the Thailand version of enjoying coffee. Yeah. Yeah. But I know what you're saying like you're saying maximize the ex maybe the experience of the coffee. Mm -hmm. But I think in this in this society is all about optimize. Like I don't yeah. want to think I don't want to use a brain cell. Exactly. I just yeah. want to press a button and mm -hmm. it's gonna give me my copy and I'm exactly gonna be on my way. Driving yes. twenty miles ahead, twenty miles per hour ahead <laughs> every single day. Exactly. Yeah. But um I think yeah. part why go for it. Yeah, I was gonna say I think why like part of the reason I I fell in love with just like coffee and the whole process and like pour overs and you know all all the things is like just the art in it and just like how it also just kind of forces me to take a minute out of my day and just like yes. focus on something that's not like absolutely pertinent to like my life like it's not like okay, if I make this bad cup of coffee, I'm going to get fired from my job. Like, it's like, I'll just... Yeah, like me. <laughs> <laughs> That's so profound. Like me. <laughs> I would fire myself, by the way. Um, but yeah, just like doing... Do it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we stand for quality. Yeah, do, doing stuff at home, like, it, it's just like a nice hobby that ended up turning into my main hobby and what I think about half of my life but that's uh, so encouraging here you know like yeah i just it just makes me so happy that that's where the market is going mm -hmm. towards and like i think i think the, the home consumer is 
every target. I think that that's why people want to go into supermarkets too, right? Um, a lot of these companies are, but it's so good to hear. And I've already talked to yeah. some people in Marshall that are really on board with the copies. And it's so encouraging to see the copies come off the shelves at Joe Pine too. Yeah. Um, the retail bags, the ground. Um, excuse me a second. Um, but making it easier and accessible because at the end of the day, like we've all made pour overs at home. We, yeah. It's almost muscle memory at this point. You don't have to think so much about it, but how do you get somebody who is so used to pressing that button on their, their day cups, right? Which, you know, I have some family members who do that. And it's yeah. like, it's really hard for them to steer away from that choice. Mm-hmm. It's because it's a choice. Yeah. And you have to somewhat, you can't just educate the consumer. You have to um, get them to be inspired by and almost open their eyes if they are willing to. Yeah, really accept it. So, can can I offer an odd juxtaposition to that? Yes. I mean, so in these very uh, you know heady uh, conversations about we're talking about the highest quality of coffee mm-hmm. because I like as we previously stated like what what second season coffee is doing right now and like all these really big roasters that are really pushing the third wave and the fourth wave of coffee is all very high quality stuff like this is the upper echelon of coffee like there's not really yeah like this is where it's going are we are we gatekeeping i i try to tell people enjoy your coffee how you enjoy your coffee Mm -hmm. if you want to put you know, a K cup or any multi million brand mm-hmm. pod into a machine and drink it. I've been trying to like train myself yeah. to to be like, you know what? If I I personally think that my way is objectively or not my way, but like, you know, the yeah. there there is definitely a more quality way to do mm-hmm. it. But if that's your way of doing it and you're fine with that, like I've also been learning to like be okay with that, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's all about data at the end of the day. And this is just my roaster brain working mm-hmm. right now, because it's what gets you to a targeted result for quality yeah. should be it should be calculated and measured efficiently and effectively for you to understand and replicate. Mm-hmm. That's what my job is on a mm-hmm. every single roast is to make sure that the first crack time is at this time for this copy that's been doing this for two two or three months and I've been cupping it and yielding this these results so I have an expectation through the data that it's going to provide that's the same repetitive results um, or. For me, I can tell you objectively from mm-hmm. a scientific standpoint that if somebody uses distilled water yep. versus, you know, GC water or um, their wave water, mm-hmm. the coffee is going to taste subpar. It will taste subpar. It's going to taste like nickly, metallic if you use distilled water. Shout out episode three of the fourth wave podcast. Yeah. Um, is water wet? Go check. Go check it out. Anyways. Yeah. Um, 
I got scientific on that one. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 very important. Yeah. That from I mean you if you want to brew a cake up, brew a cake up, but make sure that your your fundamentals are are good in terms of and, and this is what is difficult for the home consumer is to get them to realize that you, you don't need a reverse osmosis system. Yeah. There is technology yeah. out there. You can just get a packet. It's like it's twenty dollars a month. It is noticeably better. You need those minerals and sodium in the water mm-hmm. to help with the quality of the coffee. Yeah. Brew your K cup, but I would say make sure your water's good. Uh, There's a joke in the industry, it's not a coffee company, it's a water company. Mm, yeah. I yeah. mean I I have seen like like you're talking about uh, we're kind of like gatekeeping the industry almost. Yeah. Um, I think there's there's some roasteries that are kind of moving towards like making coffee pods. Yeah, I've seen that. I've um, seen that. And, and I, instant. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. And I think that's like like black and white does a lot of instant. I know has Onyx? I don't think Onyx has started doing that. I'm pretty sure they do. They, they do. Yeah. I can't remember which which companies. It seems like a really big right. market right now. Um, and I, that's like super fourth wavy to me because it's like that's you're trying to push coffee at home and like having them have their own like experience with with that cup. Um, so I, I I think that we're just slowly trying to integrate fourth wave into these. I guess first wave homes. Um, I, I despise that word gatekeeping. I think that it hinders business. Yeah, totally agree. Why would you want to be getting in the way of a customer who wants to brew it a certain way um, and say to them, "You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong," and it automatically makes them defensive and probably have a really yep. bad experience yep. for good reason you know as anyone yeah. would react exactly yeah like i'm i would just say well whatever i'm gonna brew it my way i don't care what you have to say for sure um so i just want to eliminate the word gatekeeping and just help people mm-hmm. understand and give them the tools to succeed without sounding super corporate at that. But um, yeah. like, for example, I'm thinking about, this is just a pro, uh, an idea where, where when we send a coffee bag mm-hmm. to a new subscriber or yeah. something, there's like, a, uh, there's, there's a piece of paper or like a, mm-hmm. a or something mm-hmm. that has like, recommended brew times or brew style yeah, yeah, yeah. for this coffee you know here's the yield that we use yeah. and have fun with it because a lot of the times i get emailed from customers and they go on this long spiel about you know i've done this i've done that i've done this I've done that what do you recommend and all this stuff and i feel like giving people just a little bit of a snippet of that mm-hmm. information, help them kind of give them that access of information. Yep. It's it's already happening. I think, I think Onyx coffee lab does that too, where mm-hmm. they like put out videos and stuff. They put out videos. Yeah, that, that's been so helpful for me, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I despise that term gatekeeping. I love connecting with people. And so if there's any sort of, like standoffishness like any sort of ego-based mentality of 
my coffee is better than you mm-hmm. you don't know what you're doing to me just not only makes you look like a like looks bad in general but it also is going to hinder your business and everybody in specialty coffee and in any business wants to grow so mm-hmm. it's just an inhibitor yeah yeah so you've kind of mentioned two things within the past couple of minutes that kind of caught my attention the first is like and maybe this can go towards like a good like wrapping up question for you but you mentioned first like um you mentioned the wine business and how it's similar to coffee and if we were to talk about um like wine a lot of times when they're they make it they're getting it from like their own farm um i want you to kind of talk about like how y'all go about selecting coffees um but you've also mentioned like going the extra mile for customers and giving them like recommended brew times so maybe like if you could pull back the curtain and tell us what a day in the life of of taylor was like for you um what that would be like in all aspects sure well I have to first start off by saying that I don't buy the coffee. Mm, I don't, I don't. So there's a long list of friends that partner with Brown and that we buy from. It almost goes automatic when Mm. you've been in the business for this long, which is extremely awesome, you know, because let's be Mm -hmm. honest, especially coffee businesses do not last that long. You yeah. know, shout out Stumptown, shout out Marin, mm-hmm. shout out um, Onyx Coffee Lab. Even. Yeah. I mean, it's really difficult to sustain a business, especially specialty coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't buy any of the coffee. My boss does all of that, but he does it with my involvement, which yeah. I am great. I appreciate that. It, it gets me into the next phase of my career, which is eventually going to be green coffee buying and going out to origin more often and mm-hmm. meeting the farmers directly and building relationships there. So with that being said, um, and when I was talking about the wine business, I was just touching on how there's a similarity between how for coffee, those both worlds are pretty similar in terms of like in order for you to be a certified wine expert you get a um certification i'm blanking over the name is sommelier there you go sommelier and for especially coffee it's a q grader oh yeah i just i forgot what it's called (laughs) that's your job to know that i don't know yeah (laughs) the q grader is like uh it's essentially like you know you 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 go through this course and it's essentially the same thing as a sommelier mm-hmm. and it's sponsored by the especially coffee association and through uh, a lot of money that you pay and rigorous hours of training and understanding the color wheel or the flavor wheel and cupping coffees and understanding the origins of the coffee or the, uh, the origins of the coffee um so I was just kind of touching on like how there's a lot of similarities in both worlds and how it there is a rubric or a structure for obtaining that quality in both industries. So my day essentially right now, I am the single man operation for second season coffee. I finally said it correctly. Let's go. Wow. Wow. <laughs> 
but um, the main portion of my job right now is to, uh, I'm essentially a production manager, which means I make sure that the um, the roastery is fully functional. Um, the, I'm in charge of all the equipment here. I do maintenance checks on all the equipment. Um, I do PARs, making sure that our inventory is up to date. I'm in charge of organizing the, the green copies that are dropped off in the gates uh, for us. And um, of course, the best part of my job is to taste the copies and stop them rigorously. Mm. Um, I try to do quality control uh, two times a week, which y'all are more than welcome to, to join in, by the way, every Tuesday, I'm uh, sorry, every Tuesday and Friday. Tuesday and Friday. Tuesdays happen to be my most free day of the week. Well, mm. Mm. Um, that's the fun part of my job. Um, so when I get in the doors, I warm up the roaster. Um, I make sure that I, I look at all the orders that came in through mm -hmm. our, our system online um, and print out all the invoices. I load the green copies up. And for we we roast on a 15 kilo decent, which I love and adore. And um, we usually roast 25 pound batches for them uh, for mm -hmm. each for each roast. Um, and once that is done, usually it's around the three hour to four hour part in the beginning of the morning. I roast all those copies, make sure. And also mm -hmm. during the roast, I am uh, logging minute by minute the air temperature the bean temperature and the flame percentage that's being changed and stuff like that um and once that's done then it's really just about bagging and bagging takes the longest time mm -hmm. it takes the longest time because um yeah. you're printing out labels you're yeah. you're filling coffees the coffee in, in the bags specifically mm -hmm. to each um measurements and then you're sealing the bags yeah. and we don't have a not at this point but we don't have like a standard sealer so it's not like a automatic mm -hmm. type of streamlined process yeah but eventually we'll get there um so once that's done i i print out labels and uh for, for shipping mm -hmm. and um and that's pretty much it it sounds it sounds easy but it's just making sure that the orders are correct the, yeah. the copy is roasted correctly and um it's usually it's usually 7 a.m to 5 p.m every mm. single day um yeah. so it's definitely a hard and i won't say hard it's very laborious it's a physically intense job and i love that i love working mm -hmm. with my hands i feel like i'm a mechanic in this job <laughs> and i love just i love sweating for the coffee beans like that's my thing i like doing it so um we just try to kind of emulate that in that culture with marshall because i just feel like it, it's married so well with people who work their butts off doing that type of labor anyway yep. so i feel somewhat part of the culture here marshall yeah tough tough boys and girls here um, that's awesome but i don't know if that that's answered sweet. your your question but that's essentially my long drawn out response to my day-to-day -day. Mm -hmm. brown coffee or so second season second season, Gosh. Second wow. season. nice 
Yeah, I appreciate that. What would you say of all your like tasks is I can assume they can get pretty mundane. Um, the like ceiling part of it and writing all that. What is like your least favorite part and what is your favorite part? Well, I mean, I love my job. <laughs> I mean, I, I love my job so much that I, it becomes muscle memory. Uh, mm. so often and it's kind of crazy i've only been roasting for about a year and a half mm. which is kind of strange because i yeah. started i started in um uh early september of 2021 mm. so it's only been a year and a half mm. which you is roasting crazy. great call. Thank you. yeah for, for only a year and a half master in the game so i appreciate that i take that with complete appreciation thank you all and um Thanks to my boss too for constantly being, um, you know, constructive and working with me and helping me get to this point. But yeah. um, the mundane part is definitely the bagging. I don't like bagging. You have to do yeah. it. Um, but that's at that point, I'm just popping in music. I'm popping yeah. in a podcast, and I am blanking out at that point and just doing. It becomes muscle memory and. But also, you have to be careful to not be in complete autopilot. Mm -hmm. You don't want to mess up the borders. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's, it's, I feel like it, I'm complaining, but I'm really not. It's just part of the job. You have mm -hmm. to, you know, just suck it up and do it. Bag it. So, what's your most important? My most important um, dropping those beans. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, the smell. Every time that I drop a roast, um, makes me feel things. Like, <laughs> I also love the term "drop, drop a roast." roast. <laughs> drop a roast. Drop a roast. It's, so the not to dwell on this topic too much, mm -hmm. maybe maybe in a future episode, but you, it, it's a sensorial it, it, experience when it when it comes to when it comes to roasting. And for me, the big one is smell aromas. Mm, we actually oh. just talked about that. Oh, <laughs> he's up to date, dude. He knows, and that is a very important factor for me. Is when you drop the roast and it has like the sweet caramely smell to it. Mm. That you just been you be you be doing this for so long <laughs> that it becomes like, oh yeah, this is. This is what I cup, and this is what I smell mm -hmm. every time when I when it cups this well on the table. I know how yeah. it smells. Mm. It becomes very uh, much a second language mm. in that regard. Would you say that's like the moment where, like, even if like a day gets like mundane, like whenever that happens, you're like, oh, this is why I do this. Yeah, I mean, I, like, sounds really corny, but every time I'm done with a delivery or I'm done with just bagging and there's a sense of accomplishment of just like i made it again absolutely yeah yeah but not in a, like oh, i'm dreading this it's more of like yeah i worked hard today yeah and i also worked my butt off for making not just coffee for me mm -hmm. but coffee for my friends and our partners and for y'all and it translates because when y'all say you know, you're doing such a great job that yep. 
that is a full-on feedback loop for me that's like it just puts a fire into my butt i want to keep going yeah. i want to keep doing it yeah I and keep doing it I will. don't worry <laughs> so yeah that's that's my day-to-day man love it yeah nice that's awesome well we um we really appreciate it i've enjoyed this so much because prior to this the other two have known you but i did not um so it's been super fun to pick your brain and get to see into your world um and i've appreciated it and we're definitely going to have to have you back on the pod um to go deeper into different nuances of your job but um let's go ahead and kind of wrap this up and, and but I, I closing thoughts for me is i've just enjoyed and getting to know another person and another part of the industry. So, yeah, uh, it's been a pleasure and an honor. And whatever you guys want to do this again, just, yeah. just let me know. You know where I'll be. All right. I'll say before we close, let's hit our our uh, always closing segment. What's in the bag? Yeah, uh, I was hoping you would do. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. since you're so enthusiastic, why we we going to start us off? Oh, oh man. Um, so this morning I made one of my favorite coffees that we get mm-hmm. from Kenya called the Gatamboya. Is that soon to be? It's out. It's out? Oh, yeah. It's oh, it dropped? It, it, it dropped? Drops. Oh, yeah. Is it on the shelves over at J. Pizzy yet? So that's Possibly. technically, uh, I was going to say, Jesse, when Aaron came and cups with you that one time with the really special coffees is called special reserve coffees. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Technically a special reserve coffee. So pretty pricey, mm-hmm. which is probably why. Yeah. Um, but just let me know, man. And I'll, I'll you know, um, <laughs> I'm letting you know, I love a good Kenyan. So, um, uh, so I made coffees. Dude. <laughs> Um, that coffee is incredible, and I love Kenya coffees, and I hope to go there someday. Nice. Yeah. Fourth move trip. Hey, oh, company trip, company card. <laughs> company card. Company. That's your card. Yeah, the company card is your card. <laughs> yeah. I'm bankrolling this whole operation. <laughs> so just I guess what in your bag is just whatever is at Joe Pine right now, pretty much. Or yeah. Um, one of the things I do enjoy a lot of silver grizzly coffees. I, I get a, a whoosh whoosh Ethiopian mm, pour over. That's, that's a great coffee. That is a, I, yeah, I get nice. that uh, pretty much every Wednesday before church. Mm, nice, um, that is a, that's a great coffee. It's a classic, yeah, it is what I would say. Uh, right now, I I have a problem where like I always find a bean off of like trade coffee or something that I want to try. Um, but then I don't really pay attention to when I'm running out of a bag. So then I'm just like, Oh, I'm out. I need to go to Joe fine and pick up a bag. Uh, so I'm just kind of like, frick, I gotta go figure this out. So, and then I just like, I go ahead and buy a bag of coffee. And I'm like, okay, I need to like pay attention this time. So right now I just have Vista Hermosa. Um, it's a classic. Can I uh, say also with quickly on Vistermosa? Mm-hmm. Think of Vistermosa for all those that don't know is uh, is a coffee out of Huehuetenango, Guatemala, and um, the the uh, distributor of that is Onyx Coffee, not to be confused with Onyx Coffee Labs. 
which is the retail company that's that provides roasted coffee, but mm -hmm. Onyx Coffee is the distributor, totally separate company mm -hmm. from Guatemala. But that coffee is the first variety that Brown has purchased from in 2005 Ooh. every wow. year. Wow. So Aaron has got really is a classic. It's a classic. That is, mm -hmm. that is a brown coffee staple. Every single year. Can, can I ask something real quick? Sure. When This is my favorite brown coffee. When is El Dragon coming back? Brother, I, I put that on the shelves. Yes, today. Oh, let's today. go. Yeah. You, you let's do go. love El Dragon. That was like your first. That's my favorite one. Yeah. That was one of my first favorite coffees as well from brown. So That was one of your like first when you started homebrewing. Way yeah, back when that was like your first one, right? Mm -hmm. Shout out, uh, <laughs> shout out, exclusive coffees in Costa Rica and the La Lia family. Doña mm. Lia, uh, you're amazing. Um, I had the pleasure of visiting that farm this year, and it's incredible, incredible what they do. Over mm. there. Yeah, yeah, Jesse. Well, I um have just my normal blend on the uh on the espresso bar and then i fell to marketing of the fellow drops today and ordered the alaska bourbon it's a way tenango guatemala good um and so that should be here in a couple of days and super pumped about that so What's the i'll let you know next week how it goes um let me let me look so it's from unity unity where, where is where are they from um, I looked earlier, and now I'm looking again because my brain sucks. Dang. It's what time is it? It's eleven p.m. It's eleven twenty p.m. Gotta open the shop tomorrow. I'm happy I brought that Mojiana. Unity, yeah, it's based out of L.A. Um, but that is enough for this week. I'm exhausted, um, yeah. and I decided to get back in this rhythm of talking about coffee with you guys and look back, look forward to having you again on the pod. So I will see you boys next time. Amen. Hey, however, the outro sounded.